0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thanks for checking in for another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. Before you do anything, look in the description for the link to Odyssey. Go subscribe to me there because we all know YouTube is not forever. We don't know how long. Could be another year, another five years. Could be who knows. Anyway, just go subscribe to me on Odyssey. Anyways, we've got Tommy Sammons from the Year Zero podcast back on the show. How are you doing tonight, man? What's up, brother? Not much, not much, man. uh, I'm on the road, obviously. I'm in a really, really cheap motel in the middle of nowhere. And um, it was quite a day. Uh, I was, you know, it's funny. A lot of people who do this podcasting stuff, it's all they do but like you and me, uh, we actually have to work. And it's, uh, I don't know, I let's see yesterday, I drove up into Montana, and unloaded a 100 ton crane and then drove in a blizzard for about an hour in the dark. And then finally pulled over. And then this morning, we took off and there was ice everywhere. And there was fog, you can only see like 200 feet. And uh the booster on my trailer had too much air in it so it started whipping all over the road luckily nobody died we pulled off took a couple hours off and then we kept going and just ran into trouble you know all the way through finally got back into Idaho and we're we're spending the night here but it was a day man holy shit where
1: <laughs> were you were you building moisture is that why you were whipping everywhere is that what was happening
0: well there was ice on the road and i had a, a 2 plus uh three plus two setup and then the rear booster for some reason the air just wasn't equalizing um and yeah i'm
1: wondering if, if maybe your airline was building up moisture and it was starting to freeze in there or some shit.
0: yeah i don't know i mean it's one of these newer trailers that it's it's computerized like it ha- have you ever heard of these like auto shimming trailers it's no. one of those where you you like the computer is actually supposed to adjust the air instead of doing it manually everywhere and I'm not a big fan of that because then if something goes wrong, you're like, I, I was, it was so funny. I was walking through it with a tech who was in Texas or something from Aspen trailer. He was like, telling me, well, you press this button and you do this and then you reset the computer this way. And it's just like, God damn it. Why can't we just have like the old fucking <laughs> you know
1: the old yeah. Valves, like like just just give me a valve to pull, man. Like what? What the fuck's happening? Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. No, I've never yeah. had one of those trailers, man. That's 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 a pain. That all this new stuff they're putting on these trucks is such a pain in the butt, man. They're they're making it impossible for drivers to be drivers anymore. Uh, you really you you have to be a, a technician of some sort. You have to be a, a engineer to To deal with some of yeah. this stuff, it's it's ridiculous. I had a I had a truck the other day, one thousand eight hundred miles on this fucking truck. Like it was nothing, and and the shutdown engine light, the red shutdown engine light popped on on me, and I was like, "Dude, it's six thirty in the morning. This thing hadn't been driven in twelve hours. Like, what the hell's going on?" And come to find out, had something to do like we were getting all these alerts, all these, uh, exhaust, you know, temperature alerts and all this crap. I couldn't get it to do a parked regen for the life of me. I I sat there and I tried for an hour. It would not do a parked regen. but then we got the guys come in with a computer. Oh, well, somebody increased the, uh, the idle, um, speed from second gear to fourth gear. And so, it screwed up the entire computer. And so they had to reset everything. And do, uh, it was like, man, all right, well. All this stuff is such a pain in the butt. The crap we're having to deal with right now in the trucking industry is yeah. so ridiculous.
0: You have to work for NASA to change the clock, even. It's
1: <laughs> yes.
0: the dumbest shit ever. Like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nightmare, man. Dealing with this shit is a nightmare, and 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 then they want to complain about, oh, we, we ain't got enough truckers over the road. Well, I don't know why. It, it can't be because y'all keep making shit too complicated to look at and go, what? The? I mean, we used to drive, man. Like we used to read maps and and get product from point A to point B. That that was something that we did do back in the day, but you know, not anymore.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I was um, I was on my friend Liam's show a while back telling him about how the, uh, the ELDs take the human element out of uh, common sense or just regular decision-making. Uh, because if you're going to be one minute over on your ELD to reach a certain destination, if the next closest destination is like 45 minutes from where you're trying to get... You have to mm-hmm. cut off 45 minutes from, you know, you have to waste all that time. You have to be like, nope, I can't do it. Cause I'll be, you know, if I get slowed down at all or whatever, and especially if your truck's governed at 62 miles per hour or whatever, even if you're in an 80 mile per hour zone in Utah or something, you know, you can't yeah. even get there in time. So it just takes all the common sense, all the human element, all the intelligence out of it completely.
1: Yeah. I, I remember listening. I was sitting there, a few years back, listening to an old trucker, like complain about all the new drivers being just steering wheel holders. And you know, when it, when I first heard it, it was like, uh, old timers, you know, they're all, they're all going to be old timers. But as, as things progressed and, you know, I started noticing, you know, the, the ELDs were pushed down our throats and then they were governing everything at like 62, 65 miles an hour. I was like, yeah, like, we have no choice here. We have no decisions to make. It's just point the truck in the right direction is, is all drivers do. And I was talking to uh, a friend of mine the other day. Somebody I'm sure you've heard of Matthew Ho. And um, he's running for office in, uh, under the the Green Party uh, in North Carolina. And, and he and I were chatting back and forth about trucking. And, it, and I was just like, look, man. I was like, thing is you're not going to be able to keep old truckers on the road. People that have experience and know what the hell's going on that understand the industry. If the government keeps subsidizing trucking companies and allowing them to push wages down, like that's just not going to, it's not going to help us any. And, and so you're a lot of the, the trucker shortage is due to government policy in these regulations and and pushing all this stuff down our throats, um, we we haven't seen a drop, uh, a ma- a massive drop in the amount of truckers getting in accidents. Actually, you probably see the the opposite. You probably see more truckers getting in accidents because most of these guys out there on the road have less than six months experience anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, obviously there's been this uh, vaccination push for truckers going over the border into Canada, and you've got a you've got a friend who's actually gone up there to protest with everybody. Um, I actually don't know a ton about that situation. I just remember uh, when they were first floating the idea, and now they're trying to push it through. But uh, what's your buddy doing up there? What's what's going on?
1: He he mess he texted me today. He was just like, "Look, man." he's like, I'm heading up to the Canadian border. I'm going to go, uh, protest with my, my brothers up there. You know, uh, he lives in New York now and he drives, he drives truck local in the New York area, but, uh, he's originally from Canada. His, his, his father and his grandfather were both truckers out of Canada. Um, so he's third generation trucker and he's driven all over the world. He's, he he drove road trains in Australia. He's done ice road trucking in Canada. Like he's done it all. You know, all the crazy shit that truckers talk about, like the job includes, he's been there. And uh he was just like, nah, I'm not I'm gonna go up there, I'm gonna stand, stand with my boys. You know, I'm you know, three hours away, two hours away, whatever. I'm gonna go go catch me a border town and in uh hold the protest signs and I'm like, good man, go do it. You know, and this is a major deal and it doesn't, a lot of people don't understand that. So how much of American lumber comes from Canada and how much of Canadian food comes from America that when you look at these pictures of Canadian store shelves empty, uh, you can thank the truckers for standing up and saying, Now we're not, we're not playing your games. You're not going to mandate. We do anything to our bodies. Like you lift these mandates and we'll get your food to you. And that's what's happening And it. It's horrible that average people have to suffer, but it's average people that are being attacked in this process. And so as long as I don't think people realize the, that, how much of the pulse of of the supply chain depends on trucking and, and what we do on a day to day basis. You know, and uh that's you you cut your veins, right? You're gonna bleed out. And that's kind of what's gonna happen if you if they keep going after truckers the way they're doing right now.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to get your opinion. I don't know how much you know about it. Um, my my information is pretty surface level on this one too. But uh, and I, I don't even remember the guy's name. That shows how much I've really looked into it. But the guy in Colorado who went down the uh, the mountain and didn't take the the uh, didn't take the <clears throat> runaway ramp, and he and I think he ended up killing three people.
1: Um, I don't know was enough. It about only, it was it only me. three people? I see i had read like a lot of conflicting stories Uh, i had read like up to 27 people like i don't so i don't know oh really oh yeah Yeah.
0: i thought it was three but i don't know if anyone in the live chat knows so obviously with the amount of uh information i'm not going to make an extreme judgment on that but from what i know about it like it sounds like the guy should kind of have the have the book thrown at him i mean (laughs) if you go down a hill with faulty equipment and you don't take the off I mean, you don't take the runaway truck ramp. I don't know. I mean, I can understand, uh, you know, repercussions being taken against you. And there was a lot of protesting over that over his sentence. And I mean, maybe 110 years is kind of rough, but, um, I, I was just wanting to get your thoughts on that in general, since that we don't really know the super specifics of that, but just the idea in general, like if you actually do fuck something up really bad like that, in my opinion, like if you actually don't get punished, that kind of, I don't know, that's kind of offensive to the rest of us who, you know, like actually take care of our equipment and pay attention to what's going on. And I don't know, but what are your thoughts on that whole deal?
1: Well, runaway truck ramps in like the, the Colorado area in general, aren't, aren't quite as prominent as they are in, in California. So you're, you're getting a lot of, People acting. I, I I don't even know if there was a runaway truck ramp near him. By I know the time he, I know he went by one that he should
0: have taken. But I do know that. I don't. Know. Oh,
1: okay. See, I, I wasn't even aware of that. But I do know that he was running over speed. He was he was he was going eighty in like eighty five miles an hour mm-hmm. down the interstate, and he was going downhill, which he should have never done. Right. So obviously. Yeah, there should be criminal repercussions for it. But you also have to understand if if his brakes went out, how long he be in, he had he been driving that day, um were his brakes good when he left and did something happen in the process? Things happen when you're on the road. One of the things that always irritated me was getting pulled over for for lights being out because I do my pre-trip in the morning, my lights are working, right? So if one of my lights went out 5 6 hours in the day, then why the hell are you writing me a ticket for the light being out? Why aren't you just like, hey, just let you know this is going on, you have this issue. Uh you may you may have missed it. Okay, fine. That's not an issue. So if he's if you know, obviously the guy was breaking the law, he was doing something he shouldn't have done running 85 miles an hour, um, uh, on an interstate going down a hill, obviously dangerous. Whereas brakes faulty the day before, like uh, we, we should, there should be like some sort of investigation as to that before you sentence the guy to 110 years. I, I did think 110 years was a bit much. Um, I know a lot of truckers, um, boycotted going into Colorado I don't I don't even know if that's still going on but you know I that know.
0: was I'm going into Colorado tomorrow so I'll find out I guess we'll yeah see. I guess you'll.
1: I guess you'll figure yeah. it out but um yeah so he was wrong but yeah the, the, s- the state was obviously wrong in the sentencing and the way that they looked at it um he didn't set out to kill anybody right it wasn't it wasn't murder and you know he he certainly didn't have over an ounce of marijuana on him so i don't know why he deserves a mandatory minimum um in that situation that's part of the problem with our with with the whole government and and the 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 legal situation that we deal with is this, these broad strokes, one size fits all. And it's not always that way. There are different situations that people deal with and, in reasons to look at each individual situation as, as something, as an offset, as an outlier and try to judge what that particular situation was. Should the guy have gone to prison? Probably. Like, I don't know every detail of the situation. I just know a few things that are read. And it seemed to me like he was being a little bit, he was being careless. Should the guy look at 110 years, the rest of his life in prison? No, nah, probably not. He probably should lose his ability to ever hold a CDL again, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know they uh, they reduced the sentence down to 10 years, I think. Um, so I don't know, that seems pretty fair. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things, like, I mean, because, uh, you know, we do get screwed over by so much shit. I thought it was just weird how everyone was striking for this guy. You know, I was, I mean, I had mixed feelings on it. Like you said, I thought 110 was a little high, but at the same time, like, it was like, people were not going into Colorado because of what happened to this guy. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we have a high stakes job and if you fuck it up that bad and end up killing people, I don't know. Like there should be pretty hefty consequences. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think we pretty much agree on that.
1: Um, yeah. It, it's just, it's a, I mean, you gotta, you gotta understand too. We live in a really weird time. Man. Like people take up the weirdest. Uh, They, they just take up the strangest, you know, purpose and and cause, and, and and they turn some of the like like that. There was that 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 girl that went after that other girl with a knife that the officer shot, right? And it was like, yeah, she was attacking another girl with a knife. If that if police are to exist for anything, it'd be for that, right? It, it was like, yeah. Uh, so the, like the way these causes. Are taken up right now, it, it's very odd. It, it's really hard for me to just get on board with, but it's also hard for me to, to just brush over and, and pretend like the police are in the right, because I understand. I I did a, I did a podcast after, after George Floyd and I called it George Floyd and the, uh, the blowback riots. Right. And it's not because I believe all the hype around black lives matter. It's not because I believe all that, but like in the, like, let's take the Muslim community. that pulled off nine 11, right? Like we can understand like, okay, y'all been bombed for 30 years. Like there've been like shitty fucking things that have gone on. The policy of the United States has, has hurt you. And so, I don't defend anybody who committed a terrorist attack on 9-11, but at the same time, I can kind of say, okay, well, it's a blowback. We kind of got to look at some of this other stuff the same way. You got to kind of say, all right, there's been enough crap going on by the criminal justice system, by the police, by law enforcement, to where people are frustrated. They're pissed off in they want it to be better and to do what it says it's supposed to do. Right. And we've seen enough situations to where it's not, where it's protecting the, the elites and the institutions. And it's not protecting the people that people are mad. And so you get blowback. Right. And I look at it the same way. It's, it's blowback. And, uh, and, and so as much as one particular situation may not be justifiable, it, it's kind of like a conglomeration of all these things, one on top of the other, on top of the other, and it builds up. So have like you've ever been in a relationship and, and she nitpicks or he nitpicks at you and, and picks fights here and there, and you're like trying to avoid the fight eventually it's going to come to that point where you're going to blow up. And I think that's what we're seeing. I think it's this, just the addition, just one thing on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. And every, any, somebody, everybody's looking for a cause, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like, I mean, when you're <clears throat> married for 20 years,
0: <clears throat> excuse me. And then after, you know, thing after thing, after thing happens. And so then, you know your wife forgets to fill the salt shaker and then you just fly off the handle over that. Right. yeah you know the, this trucker getting 110 years for killing multiple people is the you know forgetting to fill the salt shaker it's like when you look at it as an isolated incident it's like why are you so upset about that didn't he kind of deserve that but then you're right like <laughs> you take everything that's been done to truckers over the years of course, they're going to like flip out. And then, if there's a big moment like this, which this is kind of like George, you know, not, I shouldn't say it's like George Floyd because I don't think, even though he was a shit human being, like he didn't deserve to, you know, die for what he did. But right. um, it's, a, it's a similar circumstance. Like when there's so many other isolated incidents that you could choose that are like obvious violation of truckers rights or of, you know, people who are brutalized by the police. It doesn't matter because it's, uh, these incidents that happened were big and they've gotten a lot of media publicity. And so those are just going to be the ones that people latch onto and you're going to have what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. It's a straw that breaks the camel's back. That's why, I mean, that's what you're looking at. It's not, it, it, it isn't the, totality of the of the picture and that's what people need to understand when it comes to this stuff yeah
0: i mean this kind of segues well into what the discussion was going to be about tonight Um, it's you know obviously the mainstream media is just terrible they just purposefully fuel all these divides and they try to throw gasoline on the fire where they can and They're obviously pushing their own stupid narrative that has so many holes in it and everyone can see it. The problem is there's a tendency amongst people like you and me who are trying to (coughs) tell the truth to actually end up becoming sort of the same thing, like in a different way. So it's really easy to become a contrarian to whatever the mainstream media is saying. Or it's easy to become so sick of everything that they've pushed that you create, um, not even necessary necessarily just a contrarian perspective, but you only show small parts of the narrative. Or, or sorry, you only show small parts of the story that fit your narrative that goes against whatever the mainstream is saying. When if you tell the whole story, it's a little bit more in the middle. It's a, it's a tough thing to try to navigate. Um, mm-hmm. But you're the one who actually brought this idea up to me a few weeks ago, just the idea that, you know, we need to really be creating an alternative and trying to share each other's shows and try to, you know, basically build a network of independent thought. But it's just really hard because we're people and we are corruptible and it's easy to basically become what we have set out to destroy. But uh, why don't you pontificate on that a little bit? Just give your thoughts.
1: Well, yeah, like becoming, being a contrarian isn't like the end all be all. And you and I probably don't agree on every single issue completely. Like, I don't know. I've never really sat down and talked to you about issues. We just talk just in general because we're buddies. But, you know, there are so many great voices in the libertarian space and the libertarian, the liberty sphere that it just seems to me like, you got a, you got a, a trillion dollar a year propaganda campaign in, in your corporate press. And I get on, I get on Twitter or I talk to libertarians all the time and they're always fighting with each other. And it's always like this battle and it's like, okay, like, why are we fighting each other? Right? Like, I don't know of any libertarian podcaster, that wants to control your like your life. They they don't want control of your life. I don't care who it is. I don't care how much you disagree with them. I guarantee you, I know the person, and I can tell you, they don't care enough about your life to want to control you. So my whole point is instead of all this infighting, let's focus on the big, the big targets, let's focus on what's actually bringing ushering in tyranny into our space at the moment. And it's not libertarian podcasters. I can guarantee you that libertarian podcasters have zero influence at this point in time. And if you want libertarian podcasters to have influence, then the best thing you can do is be listening to libertarian podcasters, figure out which one of us is, is more alike with the person you're trying to reach In sharing that podcast with that person. Whereas I might not speak to everybody. Reed might speak to somebody. Pete Quinones might speak to somebody. Liberty Lockdown might speak to somebody. Dave Smith might speak to somebody. Like you gotta, you have to like strategize how you're fighting this battle of tyranny that's right in front of you. And it ain't about like separating all of us, pulling us apart. Like stretching these cords thin, that's that's not helping. That's not solving the problem. The problem's right there in front of us. And we're too busy, inwardly focused to see the problem and to address the problem. And it's just, I find it annoying more than anything. I'm just like, this is ridiculous.
0: Remember me a year ago, that was the center of what I was saying is like, why are we all fighting each other when we agree on 99% of everything and the enemy is very obvious. I think what I've realized the problem is is actually getting too close with too many people. Like the best way for us to all get along and keep doing our thing is you and I talk a lot. We have each other's number. We can call each other. That's cool, but not every podcaster should be that way with every other podcaster, is what I've found out. Like, there are people Mm -hmm. that I shouldn't have been like that with that I was, you
1: know, I was just like,
0: I got too close to them, and then you know, when things get like, if I, I mean, if you're gonna come. After you know one of my close friends, then I'm gonna say something about. I feel like that's the we need to we'll actually, we'll actually be We need to be more peaceful. What it. giant? What this drama? Did you hear what so and so said about it? And, it seems that's what's driving most of it apart, I would say.
1: Yeah. Well, you bra- You broke up a lot there. I, I don't know if you have bad signal or what, but uh, I think I got the general gist of what you were saying. And I, I agree with you. It's not about being friends with with all the Liberty podcasters. What it is is, is about finding the right message. Um, who's, who's, whose message is best for the intended audience? um, I, I don't have to like you. I, it it doesn't matter to me if I like you, I, I don't care. I'm not going to disparage your message. If I think your message is going to draw somebody else from the, the corporate narrative and the propaganda that's being pushed. See, because like I've been saying for a while, like the biggest threat that we face right now, is ESG scores like when when everybody was like seriously focused on the the possibility of a vaccine passport? I was telling everybody, no, this is a this is a piece, this is a piece of the puzzle. ESG is the entire thing. All right, so ESG scores is the way that they can do like they did with Alex Jones, and they can attack your banking. And they can make sure that they did this with, um what's his name? The My Pillow guy the other day where they took his banking away from him. Like they're doing this. They're going after people's banking. Your ability to access your finances, your funds, your way of like providing for your children like is being taken from you. That is the biggest threat at this moment. The biggest threat to you is is not the libertarian podcaster down the road that you don't like. I don't care if I like you. If your message resonates with my next-door neighbor more than my message resonates with my next-door neighbor, I'm going to give my next-door neighbor your message because we have to fight the bigger fight at the moment. We can't be too inwardly focused on the bullshit that's going on around us. Yes, we have this like autistic community of you know retards that want to fucking fight with each other. All right, what whatever, like fight with each other. But for that to be your major focus to that for that for owning that meaningless no nobody to be your ultimate focus or chasing clout or whatever you're doing, you know, whether you're Nick Sarwark or whoever, like you're if your focus is not on combating the tyranny that's coming down from through the corporations by edict of government, then you're like not focused on the right thing. And so that's what we need to be focused on. This is where we should be pointing our attention to these things that, that the, the corporations are being utilized as military arms of the United States government. And and they're being used to choke off these relationships and these communities from each other and we can't allow that to happen so all the attention should be on the corporate tyranny that is being pushed down our throats and and not to be ultra focused on oh well he said a no no word or she said I identify as whatever. Who cares? Like, I don't care. Like, if their if their message resonates with people, get that message in front of the people it resonates with. We can take care of all that other nonsense later. We don't have to deal with it today.
0: Am I actually coming through clear now? Can you understand me?
1: Got you perfectly.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's this is uh, everyone watches my show half for the technical difficulties. It's like an endearing part of me at this point. <laughs> but, it's uh, like
1: it's like it's like waiting for boogie to interrupt my show. It's not a big deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but what I was saying, where I broke up, I don't think this part made it through. Is you know, people uh, there half the drama shit that goes on that I've noticed in the half in the last year is stuff that. I shouldn't have been involved with and nobody involved should have been involved with at all. So it seems that everybody's trying to be friends when we should be mostly okay with being acquaintances. Like, you know, you and I talk a lot, we're friends and I've got other friends like Clint and Dave and Ryan. Uh, But you know, the circle's pretty small now of people who I actually consider real friends and really talk to. And so many of these people want everybody to be their good friend. And then the problem you run into is people get into stupid turf wars and shit. And then you have to take a side when you're in the middle of some shit that you shouldn't be in in the first place. So if we're all just like, you know, if you find your good friends and stick with your good friends and then you're happy, just like kind of being acquaintances with everybody else. I think that's mostly the way to go, because otherwise you're just going to get into a world of trouble. That's the lesson I've learned at least this last year.
1: Well, I think some of these people and and this is what you got to watch out for. And especially when you get to the level of like you or Clint or Pete or Dave, some of these people aren't looking to be your friends. They're looking to leverage your popularity into their yeah. own popularity. Right. And that's not the right way to think about it. Like I, I'm completely comfortable with knowing that I only talk to a specific audience and I'm good with that. I've, I've even told people not to listen to my podcast, like, because I am a blue collar guy. I speak to a blue collar audience. I have a very rough way of addressing things. I am very blatant. I'm very blunt. I will cuss you out in a heartbeat, because that's just what I am. I'm Southern. I'm blue collar. That's who I am. I'm not for everybody. And I don't want to be for everybody. I never wanted to be for everybody. I started recording my podcast to make record for my kids to turn back to of the things that I was going through in my head, the thoughts I were, I was going through. I started podcasting because my wife got tired of me talking to her about it. <laughs> like She was like, I don't care. I don't want to hear this shit anymore. <laughs> like she's totally apolitical. she just doesn't give a shit. And that's great. Like, fine. You know? So it's, it's, you have to watch those people trying to leverage what popularity you have into their own popularity. And I think that's what a lot of people have run into. And, in, in, I've made friends over the years. And, and so, you know, people like you or Pete or Scott know who I am. Like y'all know me. You're like, all right. Yeah. This dude don't give a damn one way or the other about if, if he's popular or not, but I can understand if I just approach somebody that's never heard of me before or didn't know anything about me to be kind of cautious. Like how close do I get to this guy? How do we interact with him? Like, what do I do? Like, and, and that makes sense because you, you have to be aware of that because people are going to try to utilize the, the more popular you get, the more people are going to try to utilize your name for their promotion and for their popularity. And you shouldn't be focused on that. What, What you should be focused on, at least what I think people should be focused on is fighting the, the tyranny that we see coming down the pike. And it's like, yeah, like my popularity, whatever, if it gets there, it gets there. If it doesn't, it doesn't, it's whatever, because it's, it's about future generations. I have five kids, man. I, I don't, my, I've, I'm pretty much set in my life. Like I, whatever, I'm good. I have nine acres. I have chickens about to get some goats. I have a decent paying job. Like I don't have to do this. I don't have to You've put my name three out there. Years worth of toilet paper stored in the closet. I, oh <laughs> God, man, we're getting low. We're getting low. You'd be surprised how much a South African woman uses yeah. in toilet paper, man. <laughs> but <laughs> so, but yeah, like I don't, I don't need any of this. I, I don't need it. It. This is a, a project for me for something else, right? This is about my my kids, my grandkids, I have a granddaughter now, you know, like she'll be three years old this year. I have future generations to think of. My life is, is good. So you have to watch out for those people that are looking out for themselves. You really have to be careful with that. And that, I think that's something that a lot of libertarian podcasters are aware of, And I think they have a tendency to point the finger very quickly in the wrong direction. And uh, we, we, we really need to focus on instead of, instead of arguing amongst ourselves and, and chasing clout and trying to be the most popular is, is figuring out, all right, like who do I know who, would listen to Reed's podcast and get something out of it. Right. And who do I know that would listen to such and such as podcasts, so oh, timeline earth or whatever, you know, like, and get something out of it. And that, that would speak to them. And, and then we work from there and we try to, well, cause what we're ultimately trying to do is become the mainstream. I mean, that's that, what, what else is the point of this? you're trying to become the mainstream. You're trying to get, you're trying to overwhelm the corporate press. And a lot of us have forgotten that the target is not each other, that it's the corporate press. We're not competing with each other. We're competing with the corporate press. And it, in order to do that, we have to start looking, whether you're at the Libertarian Institute, you're not at the Libertarian Institute, wherever you're putting your podcast up at, we have to begin begin to interact with each other as if we're one community in the the battle against the corporate press and their propaganda. Yeah. You
0: know, I'm a weird guy, uh, you know, compared to, or or at least like if put me into today's society, I don't really fit in well, you know, like I'm a I'm a truck driver. I'm, I like being out in the woods. I like shooting guns. I, You know, I'm not into a lot of the pop culture that has become mainstream today. So it wouldn't make sense that I would be a mainstream voice. Like, I'm, of course, I'm going to have kind of a niche audience. Like, I'm going to attract weird people who are kind of like me. And then, you know, like you were saying, you're kind of the same way. And then, you know, someone like Dave is... You know, he's a comedian and he knows like a lot of comedians who are prominent nowadays, and he's much right. more up to speed on co- pop culture. So, obviously, someone like him is going to have a much larger audience, and that's good. Like, if I mean, I shouldn't be striving to have the same type of audience that Dave has, or that Larry Sharp has, or that you have, even like, I mean, we have a lot of crossover, but. You know i have my own personality so my own audience is going to be just as unique as my personality and that's good like that's what you're trying to drive at is that you know we're all going to attract different people and we're going to tug on people's consciences and their their uh their their logic in different ways where it does seem like the goal of everyone has always been to kind of become dave smith like well you know what you're not dave smith don't be dave right yeah you're not joe rogan don't be joe rogan be yourself and if you really take off great but if you don't like maybe you weren't meant to take off maybe you were really meant to really attract this certain group of people and nobody else can so you know just i think that's you're right on when you say that it's just so important
1: well yeah uh, when it well and like look at it this way like i I publish my podcast at the Libertarian Institute. I've been working with Scott for three years at the Libertarian Institute. I'd say seventy five percent of my listeners and I talk to my listeners. I regularly interact with my listeners um because I want to know what they think. I want to know what I'm releasing and how they how they view what I'm releasing and what I'm doing and what subjects they're interested in. So I talk to my listeners constantly in 75% of them don't identify as libertarians. You know, some of them consider themselves lefties, you know? And so it's like, all right, like uh, I'm not targeting the same audience as you, you know, I may have, I may have overlap with Kyle Kalinsky too, for all I know. I don't know, but you know it it's it's just just be yourself man and yeah you can't do anything about like these guys that are clout chasers you can't do it yeah they, it, there's you're not going to be able to identify them um there's the whole meme going around and i'm i'm responsible partially for this cuz i was joking with um odermat about this a while back about who is more of a Fed, the lines of liberty or the libertarian institute. And so there's a whole idea that the uh libertarian community has been infiltrated by feds. Well probably like okay. <laughs> like what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, like it's just okay, fine. We're talking. We're not we're not violent. We're not out there doing anything crazy. So yeah. You know, uh, if they, if, if the feds have infiltrated the libertarian party, which I believe has been documented, they infiltrated the libertarian party in 1970s. So yeah. Okay. Fine, man. Who cares? Just do your thing. Talk to your base, talk to your audience encourage the audience and other podcasters, other podcasters. We really need to get this stick out of our ass about working with other podcasters. We should really be promoting other people's stuff. Your parents are never going to listen to you. And I'm not talking you in general. I'm just King's you like your parents are never going to listen to you. If you're releasing a podcast, share somebody else's podcast with your parents. share share another podcast with your parents that your parents might listen. Shit. My parents would probably be, well, my mom listens to my podcast, but she probably doesn't agree with me half the time because she's my mom. And if I cared to listen, she would probably argue with me. But the, the fact of the matter is, and she knows I feel that way. I love my, I love my mom. We're like best friends. So, but the fact of the matter is like Tom Woods might resonate with your parents, you know, like, same general concept, same, uh, generation. So he might resonate with your parents. Whereas like you could share me with maybe, I don't know, I don't, some drunk on the side of the road. I don't know. But the fact of the matter, it's like, you got things, you gotta, you, you have to like measure this. You have to weigh it and measure it. Who's, who's right for who, you know? And, we're not all right for everybody, you know? And I, I'm very aware of that. I've been saying that for years. I'm not right for everyone. So it's like, whatever.
0: Yeah. um, It it was so funny. I posted on, am I still coming through clear by the way? I should just make sure You, you are, man. Yeah. All right. Cool.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I posted on Facebook, I don't know, a month or two ago that, uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel, are considered some of our closest allies, but they're bigger liabilities than all the, or no, I said they're bigger threats to our national security than all the other countries in the world combined. And one of my friends that I've known for, I don't know, almost 20 years now, he, uh, we, we didn't really talk politics much, but he knew what my politics were. He saw that and it was really interesting to him he was and so he sent me a message saying hey i'd like to see some of your podcasts or somebody else's podcasts or files or articles you can link me to to try to understand what you're saying here so i was like oh great so i sent him one of the four horsemen episodes i'd done i sent him uh scott horton's debate with uh, bill crystal and I, I sent him like a whole bunch of stuff and one of the videos i sent was me and abby martin And I thought, like, there's no way in hell this is going to resonate with him because this guy's (laughs) like a a hard right, like Christian conservative, like evangelical type. So there's no way he's going to like her. But I just sent all that stuff. And sure enough, he writes back, like, I watched everything. But the one that really stuck with me was the one you did with Abby Martin. And then I went and looked up Empire Files and I watched her documentary Gaza Fights for Freedom. And that's like really changed my mind about what I think about the Israel-Palestine situation and it it was just crazy to me and i even emailed abby telling her like hey you're i just wanted to share this with you that this is what happened and i thought this was crazy because you just never know like who is going to resonate with whom like you you just don't because you kind of think like oh yeah this guy's a right winger he's a sort of christian-like conservative so maybe like out of the people I sent to him, maybe like Tom Woods would be the most convincing, or maybe like Dave Smith is more like friendly with the right wing audience. But it was Abby Martin, and you just never know. So like you're you're 100 100 percent right. Just share everything. I mean, share everybody with everyone. Like you don't know who is going to resonate with who. Hey, if, you wanna, if, you
1: wanna, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to resonate with a right winger, send him a, a a smart, cute chick. And they're right on it every time. <laughs> exactly. Ain't nothing the right wingers like more than a cute chick. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, so,
0: that might have been the ticket right there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, the,
1: the first time I ever saw Abby Martin, I was like, I didn't I didn't watch her videos because I thought she was smart. I was like, Oh, this, this chick's kind of cute. And then I was like, Oh wow, she knows what the hell she's talking about, too, you know. But yeah, so, so yeah, no, that's, that's awesome though. You know, and that's, that's what it boils down to, you know, one thing libertarians make a mistake on libertarians think, I don't know, I don't, don't know where this comes from. They, but they think that, that people should be spending all their spare time reading. All right. I didn't start reading all this stuff until I went through my second divorce and I didn't have my kids with me. Well, I needed something to take up my time. So I started reading, right? But when when you're raising kids and you're working, you know, 60 hours a week, you're not going to do all this reading. Quit acting like people have to read the same things you have to read. They don't have to have the same level of knowledge to come to the same conclusions. This is why like people like Glenn Beck or and and Alex Jones are so popular. They're basically tell their audience, I read it so you don't have to. That's what you should be telling people. Like you don't tell people like, well, if you want to know yada, 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 you need to go read these 500 books okay yeah fine motherfucker i'll just be a republican or a democrat then because fuck your 500 books you know because that's what they're thinking they're like you fucking smug son of a bitch i'm not gonna go read your fucking books i ain't got time i barely have time to eat dinner and, and fucking get a decent night's sleep that's what they're thinking so like you gotta stop that well if you study twelve hours a day after you work twelve hours a day, yeah, like or whatever, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Libertarian, I'll I'll do that yeah. right now. You know, it's yeah. just not going to happen. Think- That's not the way you approach people.
0: I remember I was on Nick Ashley's show. We were talking about this, and he was saying that you know, like libertarians tend to read their way to libertarianism, and I I was not one of those people. I mean, I didn't read. I didn't read any libertarian theory until last year. And I, I mean, I was very well versed in how the philosophy worked, but I never read anatomy of the state or um, for new Liberty or, you know, economy and state or anything until last year. Um, And you don't, I mean, it's, you know, my dad's an English teacher and he, he talks about like, in order, I mean, you have to know the rules in order to write, but then you're sort of supposed to like leave the rules behind and turn art into a, turn your writing into a masterpiece and, you know, try to actually hook people and pull them in. if you're still focusing on the dangling participle, instead of realizing like, you know, what emotions you're trying to tug at or what logic you're trying to change in someone, then you've kind of missed the point. And people are like that with libertarianism. Like they're still They're still like nose deep in a book that Rothbard wrote decades ago and they can't relate it to what's going on now. Like they can't be normal humans. They can't translate it into everyday life and try to explain it to, you know, some plumber. Like, why should he care what Rothbard said? Well, you know, this is why, you know, like show, show him something in his life that would be affected by this philosophy in a way that he can understand. And so you're right. Like we don't need to, we don't. Uh, I mean, Jeremy Todd. Ah, uh, fuck! I forget the name of the book he says you're supposed to read. Uh, how to, how to, how to win friends and influence people. Like he was saying, oh, hey, yeah. Liberty yeah. should be reading that book by Carnegie more than they should be reading Anatomy of the State by Rothbard. And I think he's right. <laughs> like we have the you know else, down,
1: do you, Knowledge. You down, know who else says know? that? Who's that? You'd be shocked. Andrew of Popular Liberty. well he says the same thing he says the same thing libertarians should be reading how to win friends and influence people and not anatomy of the state and here's my thing like you were telling me what your dad how your dad uh addressed it from uh an english background i i've been writing since i was 12 years old and you know i've always addressed it was the finding forester method and, and Sean Connery had this really great line in Finding Forrester that I never forgot was write with your heart, edit with your head. So like, put it out there. Like, get emotional and put it all out there. Get the, get the emotion out there. Like, put out what it is that you want the audience to feel when they read your writing and then come back and think your way through how to articulate it in a way that is relatable. But but you always write with your heart first. And I've found that when I write, like I just released an article last week um, at the Libertarian Institute and Grand Theft World and on my Substack. And what I find is when I sit down and I just write and then I read through it, I'll find the way to move the sentences around properly. If I try to think my way through it, it never gets done. It never gets done because people act on emotion. They don't act on theory or philosophy. They act on emotion. This is the big struggle that libertarians have. They can't get people to act the way they want them to act. And why is that? Because they are talking as autists. <laughs> Stop being an autist and start being a fucking human. And you will get people to act.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's it, man. That's it right there. I mean, you know, I, I like having you as a fellow podcaster. Because like I said earlier, so many podcasters are people who either have like some sort of white collar corporate job that they have time to you know they have time to read all their articles and get it ready for their podcast but having people like you and me who are out there in the field all day and we understand this shit, we see how it affects our everyday lives (laughs) and then being able to just you know open computer and talk about it i think that really has a lot of value um and you're right like we really need to be we, we need to be sharing each other's approaches with our friends instead of just ours. Like if you're just pouring all your podcasts to your friends and they're just not resonating with them, try somebody else, you know, try Clint from Liberty Lockdown or Jose or Popular Liberty or Pete or whoever, because you never know who's going to break through. And, you know, the I, I think the value Of this kind of new surge of podcasters that we're seeing is there there are like a lot more normal people like typically podcasters have been kind of like the upper echelon uh more uh intellectual type but with this new wave of libertarian podcasters i'm seeing like more and more regular people start to fill the ranks and that gives me a lot of hope because i think those people Mm. are going to resonate with the public better than some of the really smart people from the past have, especially with how crazy everything is now. Like right now is the time to draw people toward this content.
1: Well, and and you're a lot like me. Like you don't depend on your own, you know, I- intellect to sell your podcast. You're you're doing interviews with other people. You're trying to to find other people that can. So, I, I mean. A, a lot of my friends and family listen to my podcast and a lot of it, the reason they do is because I'm talking to people smarter than myself. Right. Right. And, and I, I approach it as I'm talking to people smarter than myself. And, and they can see that whenever I'm doing my podcast, because when I enter, when I engage in conversation, it's always the same. I'm always Tommy just engaging in a conversation. It's never right. Like I'm never trying to be act smarter than I am or like I know more than I do. And I work hard on my podcast. I'm sure you work hard on yours. I mean, given your job, I mean, like I was over the road. I know what it's like. It's, it's not easy. I remember stopping halfway through the day and interviewing Michael Rechtenwald at three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, like, and then as soon as I get off that podcast, I got to save it to my computer throw my computer in the back, jump back in the driver's seat and take off and drive for another three and a half, four hours. You know, yep. <laughs> so, and yep. and I wake up, I wake up in the morning hours before I have to go to work and I read for two hours. Every morning I'm reading, you know, and I'm just constantly focused on it. So like we we are working at it. We're, our, we are trying to move our ourselves forward in the process. But when you're working 60, 70 hours a week, it's not easy. It's not like you're not doing it. You're you're basically doing it because you enjoy it. Like really. Because if you didn't, it would be so easy to just be like, fuck it, man. I just I don't need this. It's it's a lot of stress. There's a lot of work that goes into it. I work an additional, I'd say 30 hours a week on my podcast and writing and working on that on top of working a full-time job, you know, and it's, it's not something I have to do. Plus I'm married, you know, and my kids are pretty much grown. I mean, I, they haven't lived with me for a few years. So it's, they're in Houston and I'm down here, but still I still have to keep the relationship up, which I'm horrible about. Like, I'm, and it's not because they're my kids. I'm just horrible about phone conversations and keeping in touch with people that way. It's just not natural to me. And, and a lot of times it's them messaging me, going, Hey, dad, how's it going? And I'm like, Oh, shit, what's up? Because I'm just completely oblivious to life in general. And so it takes a lot of focus, it takes a lot of work. Everything, it's all like, constant work. I'm I'm raising chickens. I got my dogs. I got nine acres. I it's a lot of work I, I'm I'm putting in to all, all my other projects outside of my full-time job. And and a lot of people don't don't understand or respect what people like you or I are doing in in getting these podcasts out. I'm doing two a week and that's a lot of work for me. You know, that's a lot of additional work that sometimes I come in here to upload a podcast and I'm just like, man, okay. I, what, what could I have done in these four or five hours that isn't getting done? And and I have to do it. Like today was my day off. So I got up this morning. I had a couple of cups of coffee I went to the post office. I went to the grocery store. I went to the feed store. I came home. I cleaned the, I cleaned my wife's truck and did the did the inside of her truck. Uh, and then I came inside, I started recording podcasts at one in the afternoon and here we are, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, you know, like it's, it's just, that's my day off. It, It just nonstop. And so we're not, we we're, constantly working and there's there should be like there there's got to be some recognition from from other people that like look like it's not my thing but this thing belongs to other people and and speaks to others because we're doing that and I've been doing this for what uh, 2018 I started recording podcasts so you know it's been I learned a lot. I was horrible at the beginning. (laughs) You think I stumble over my words right now? You should have heard me at the beginning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, it's funny. Like, I mean, I know I get shit for what my hair looks like and crap like that, but, uh, um, when you like, (laughs) there's been times like you, it was funny hearing you say like, Oh, I'd have to stop at three and record a podcast with whoever. And, then throw the computer in the back and keep moving. It is exactly like that. I mean, so many of my interviews, like, as soon as I get home or as soon as I stop the truck in the, uh, in the truck stop, like a, a bunch of my videos from earlier on, like my hair was wet. And everyone kept asking me, like, why is your hair always wet? And it's like, well, I just got home and jumped in the shower. <laughs> and then, you know, like, this is yeah. the way it is.
1: Yeah. But um, well, right now your hair is frozen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause you
1: were, <laughs> you were sweating in sub you know, sub zero temperatures. <laughs> so, yeah. so now you just got frost hanging from your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it, it's like, there, there's no appreciation for that, that aspect of, of the podcasting community. And, uh, I think, the work that we're doing will make a difference. And, and, you know, you're, you and I may never be like what, what can be of podcasting or what it can become. But one day there is going to be that person that's going to be like, these guys paved the way. Like these guys did the hard work, you know, back in the day so that we can continue this, you know, legacy into the future. And that's kind of what we're doing. Um, like I said, mine started off more as a diary. I just wanted my kids to know the kind of things I was thinking about and talking about. And uh, it it just turned into a thing. It, it was kind of a, by accident. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I've got the link to your podcast in the description, but what have you got coming up? I know you got some things cooking. You got one of my friends coming on soon. What's what's in the future for you?
1: Yeah, actually, I got two of your friends coming on soon. So right now, um, if you if anybody listens to my podcast, they will hear me talk about ryanbunting.com a lot. Well, Ryan Bunting is one of my best friends. And uh, I met my wife, actually. Met him when um, they were working together on a campaign. Not Jorgensen. Who was the guy before Jorgensen that ran for president? Gary Johnson. Uh, no, 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 no. It was it was the guy Jorgensen beat out. Uh, oh, can't wow. think of Hornberger. Hornberger. Thank you. Yeah. So they were working to get together on Hornberger's campaign, and uh, so he does a lot of my. Uh, he works with me a lot on technical issues. And, and so he, he's also did my podcast logo. I always mention that. Well, he's gone, um, full-time. So he and I are working together on putting together a series on, on discord under, uh, the year zero discord page. And, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have people, and I've already gotten a couple of people, including Shane Hazel, to agree to come in and do this. We're going to be teaching people skills. It's going to be free of charge. It's going to be kind of like Skillshare. It's going to be, but it's going to be completely open source and completely free. So um, for people out looking to learn new skills, maybe want to change jobs. Y'all can come over to the discord. And we'll, we're going to have um, live streams going on maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. It just depends on how it works out. And they were, but we're going to save those videos of those live streams where we teach different skills, where there's different computer skills or like I'll have Shane Hazel. We'll be doing carpentry, things of that nature. And you'll be able to come and you'll be able to learn at least the basics. You may not be a master freaking carpenter by the time it's over with but you'll know how to put something together. You'll understand the basics and you'll be able to get started. So we got that in the works. That's something that I'm really excited about. And that's going to be launching this year. We're going to be getting off the ground. And uh, so I'm really excited about that. But yeah, um, this Friday I record with Eric Jackman. Um, And then in a couple of weeks, I will be recording with Kim Iverson. I also have uh, episodes pre-recorded uh, with Dan Smots will be out this week. Um, I just recorded with James Yohi, which will be coming out early next week. And then I did an episode with uh, Mike Meharry, who's a great friend of mine. I love Mike together and Caleb Brown. And that that episode is going to be Christianity and Libertarianism Will be coming out towards the end of next week. Um, And I have an upcoming interview with Tom DiLorenzo. So, yeah, we got all kinds of things going on. And damn, I'm busier than I thought I was.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, definitely go subscribe, or I guess you don't subscribe, but go follow whatever you call it. Go follow his podcast. I've got the
1: link in the year zero, (laughs) libertarianinstitute.org slash year dash zero forward slash and uh make sure that make sure you put that last forward slash in there or you will not find it but it is there it is <laughs> libertarianinstitute.org forward slash year dash zero forward slash and you will you will find me and then whatever my twitter handle is which i don't really promote my twitter so who cares uh, that's in the description too uh you, you got
0: to come up with like a little song for your your uh your web address there he could do like year dash you know zero fo- you, you just got to come up. With
1: <laughs> so. yeah maybe I, maybe i should yeah it took me forever to figure out that last dash and that's why i make sure i say it because it's like i kept doing it and i was like why is this not working what did harley do like he messed this up and then i realized oh you put that last dash in there and it all right yeah so but yeah man this was fun. this went by quicker than i thought i was talking a lot i guess
0: uh they always go fast. they always go fast we're i don't know i I like talking to you man we'll have you back on again for sure um you'll be on mine
1: soon in in february in february we're gonna we're gonna work it in where i can get you in there all right, for sure, man.
0: Um, I think uh, Thursday I've got Justin O'Donnell and Joe Evans coming on the show, and then uh, next Tuesday we got Scott Horton coming back to talk about Ukraine and Russia. If we haven't like already done something retarded by then, hopefully not. But uh, we're not all nuked by then. We
1: this. might. We might be all dead by then. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Maybe that's the thing to hope for. Maybe that's just easier. But
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I'd, I'd rather listen to Scott talk than be dead. <laughs> yeah, me too. Just uh and I, I love Justin to... too. Justin O'Donnell's a great guy too. So, yeah, he is. is. Yeah, great. So, shows. Um,
0: like I said, subscribe to me on Odyssey, guys. That's in the description. Um, and yeah, follow Tommy, and
1: we will catch you guys on the next stream.